When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. September 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our drive beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians open a two-game set in Chicago against the Cubs. We're moving on to Detroit for a four-gamer this weekend. Uh, these are the last few series and last few chances the Indians have to hang on to that number eight spot in the American League postseason hunt. Right now, they're the, uh, the last man in. And they're, they're in the wild card position. If the playoffs started today, they'd play the White Sox in the first round. Yeah, and uh, right now, Joe, <clears throat> you know, I think we, I'd, I'd rather take the, the matchup with the White Sox than uh, I think Tampa Bay. Yeah. The number two seed. Yeah, yeah. We touched on that yesterday, but, but really the, the matchup sort of suits the, the, the Indians better because you sort of know your enemy in that case. Yeah, and, you know, they're, they've, you know, that's, that's the team they played 19 times, you know, a year for the, for the, for the since 1994, whenever the Central started. And, um, you know, they've got, they've got a 4-2 and two record against them. And like you said, they, they know who they're facing. Uh, they're, I think they pitch pretty well against them. But, you know, the White Sox, you know, as you, as you saw last night, they're a dangerous team. They're a dangerous team late. They come back. I think they've, they're 21 and five over their last 26 games. They're rolling. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a uh, runaway train right now. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I guess knowing your enemy is, uh, is better than uh, going into going down to the trap and uh, facing the Rays. Right. And really uh, the Rays have put together a season that, has it's been completely under the radar in, in terms of it's not like they're flashy. It's not like they've done anything, uh, you know, besides beating up on the Yankees, which nobody expected them to do, but they've done it. Uh, I think, I think it's something like 10 guys have been injured and, and out of their lineup and out of their rotation. So uh, Kevin Cash always has those guys playing well. And uh, just, just the unknown factor would be a reason to want to stay away from them. Uh, especially in a three-game short first-round series. Yeah, and you know they went. Uh, the Rays were six and one against the Indians last year, and they seem to uh, they they offset them with that opener strategy. You know, they, the Indians really never adapt, adapted adapted well to it. You know, the opener goes two innings, and they throw like six or seven 
relievers at you that are all throwing 98 miles an hour. And, you know, just based on last year, they never really adjusted. They could never really hone in on uh, one pitcher. Right. And you're also talking about having to face, uh, as far as starters go, if, if you do get into a series with them, uh, guys like Tyler Glass now and Blake Snell, uh, if, if they won't even have to resort to an opener strategy because they've yeah. got enough, you know, frontline guys to, to pitch against you right away. You, Tyler Glass now, Ryan Yarborough, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton are, you know, among the best pitchers in the American League right now. So, yeah, it, you don't want to have to go in there not knowing, especially in that ballpark. They, the Indians just – weird things seem to happen to them when they go into that ballpark as well. Yeah, we'll ask Tyler Naquin about that. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, catwalks and, and all sorts of weird stuff. So, uh, yeah, the the Rays would be um, a matchup to avoid at that point. But but right now, it looks like the, the Yankees are – or I'm sorry, the uh, the White Sox are, are pretty much set on that uh, um, trajectory to be the number one seed in the American League. Their magic number to, uh, to clinch uh, the division is 11 – but their magic number to clinch postseason is only three. So any combination of uh, – and, and they're, uh, they're playing the, the Twins right now. So all they have to do is win the next two against the Twins, and, and they've done it. They've, they've clinched their, uh, uh, their first division title, and their first, first postseason appearance since uh, 2012. Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, they're 31-16. and 16, The Twins are 30-19. and 19. Um, Tribe is 26 and 21. And uh, right now the Twins are two games out with three to play against the White Sox. And um, they, let, they, they look like the Indians did over the weekend. They left 10 guys on base last night, Joe. Wow. And they, they couldn't get a hit to save their lives. The Indians' uh, magic number to clinch the postseason, in case you're curious, is nine. Uh, right now they're in the eighth position. The teams that are chasing them for that last spot in the American League playoffs – uh, the Mariners, Orioles, and uh, Tigers are all, you know, within four or five games there uh, with, with about 13 games to play. Uh, the Indians do play a four-game series against the Tigers coming up. But, but really, you know, they're, they're neck and neck with the Yankees. They're, uh, essentially, they have the same record, but because the Yankees have a better interdivisional record, uh, the, they would get the seventh seed and would face Tampa Bay, which is a series I think a lot of people would want to see in the first round. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right now, Seattle's four and a half back of the Indians. Baltimore's five, and uh, Detroit is five and five and a half. Or well, the Indians and Yankees are you know behind those. They're because uh, the Indians and Yankees are tied for the uh, seventh and eighth uh, wild card spot. So. You know, it's going to be an interesting race, and uh, the India, you know, the India, the Detroit gets one more shot at uh, at the Tribe this weekend in that four game. Well, starting uh, you know what uh, Thursday uh, at Comerica Park in a four game set. Right, and uh, you know the Indians have. Uh, if you're if you're looking for a name to sort of pay attention to for Indians fans, uh, for Seattle, who's who's chasing them down, uh, rookie outfielder Kyle Lewis. Uh, he just. He just went and, and robbed a home run yesterday at, uh, or the other day. They, they put a video up that looked like him uh, sort of side-by-side side matching it with Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, robbing a home run. Sort of looks similar to one of his plays. Uh, so Kyle Lewis, exciting player, rookie. 
uh, probably a contender for rookie of the year, along with Luis Robert from the White Sox. But uh, he, he's a name to keep uh, an eye on if he's doing good things and the, the Mariners are staying hot and, and trying to chase the Indians down. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where the Indians stand right now in terms of uh, their playoff positioning. It's the, – they're getting the offense turned around slowly but surely with, with Lindor now batting at the top of the order. Um, but it, it, it always seems to be the case when it's going good in one area, it's not going good in the other. And, the you know, over the last three starts, the pitching has been what's, what's shaky. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about this, Joe, I think just, uh, pitching, even in a 60 game season with the strain of having a weak offense, you know, I think that eventually catches up to the pitching staff. And, and we saw that in, uh, in, in, you know, we saw that happen over the weekend with the uh, Twins when Bieber's, uh, Sava, uh, Bieber, uh, Plesak, and, uh, and uh, Tristan McKenzie, you know, were hurt by the long ball. And, uh, you know, so we'll go into – they go into this series against the Cubs now, facing, you know, Hugh Darvish, which mm-hmm. was a NL Cy Young contender, and uh, John Lester, who owns their soul, you know. I mean, they, <laughs> they can't beat this guy – crafty lefty that just kind of, you know, bobs and weaves through five or six innings and then gets out of there. And they won't have uh, Terry Francona on the bench to sort of even talk them through facing uh, John Lester, who Francona is very familiar with from the time in Boston. Uh, Yeah, one minor move they did make uh, announced today, Dominic Leone, who was uh, designated for assignment last week, uh, has accepted an outright to the alternate site uh, the alternate site, uh, the the player pool now is at 60 players, so they're full up over at the alternate site. Um, that being said, moving into this, you know, Chicago series, uh, it's Carlos Carrasco going for the Indians uh, tonight, and uh, they won't see, the the Cubs won't see Bieber, uh, the Cy Young candidate. It would have been great to be able to see uh, Bieber and Darvish go head to head. Uh, that won't happen. If Darvish is a Cy Young candidate in the NL, you know, Bieber has got to be the favorite in the American League. Yeah, I mean, uh, the betting, um, you know, just look at some online betting odds. They've got Bieber, uh, you know, the runaway favorite for the Cy Young and a strong favorite for, uh, for the MVP award, too. Well, how do you feel wow. about that, Joe? I, I uh, you know, I've always kind of tried to separate the two. I, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I, I've, Try to, you know, the Cy Young is the pitching award. The MVP is for the Everyday Guys Award. But in a short season, and uh, with what Bieber has done, what he's won seven, seven, he's seven and one, and I think they've won every start, but maybe two of his starts. You know, I think you know he he probably gets some consideration uh, for the for the MVP this year. Yeah, I mean, as far as an MVP goes, I, I think there's there are times like. Uh, when a pitcher could be considered for an award like that. But I, I, t- I tend to agree with you. It's a daily, like an everyday player award, whereas the, the Cy Young is, is set aside for the, the pitchers and, and what they're specifically good at. Uh, but really, if you look at it, you look at what the definition of a most valuable player is, it's been Bieber all, all season long for the Indians. He's the, he's the only sure thing on that roster. Uh, you know, hitting, pitching, whatever. He's the only one who will go out there, and every time he goes out there, 
gives you a chance to win. So to me, that's a, that's the most valuable player on your team. Yeah. And you know, they, they, I know uh, kind of analytically, you know, they, they, when, when the a pitcher, when there's a case like this, you know, you, you look at the number of pitcher batters, the, uh, the pitcher is faced, you know, and, and this guy, Bieber, you know, obviously goes pretty deep in the games. He's, he's facing a lot of hitters, you know, and uh, you know, that, that makes him, you know, just as valuable. I mean, maybe more valuable than, you know, a guy that does a five and fly. So he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, so in, in that way, it, it's kind of, in, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, usually you equate this with a closer. You know, I remember when uh, Dennis Eckersley was right. was the MVP and the, and the Cy Young. But, you know, there are, had been guys like Verlander. You know, Verlander was – he won both awards the, the one year. So, um, you know, th there's a case to be made. You know, you can – there's precedent either way. For all of you sabermetric types who, uh, you know, like to assign value and numbers to things, uh, wins, wins above replacement is the – the metric that's used uh, most commonly in talking about the uh, the MVP award uh, right now, Shane Bieber, a 2.9 WAR according to Baseball Reference, and that's tops on the Indians. As far as where that puts him overall, uh, 2.9 WAR according to uh, Baseball Reference puts him second in all of baseball, uh, tied with Max Fried behind Mookie Betts from the uh, the Dodgers. So he's the number one overall American League player in terms of uh, wins above replacement uh, ahead of Lance Lynn and uh, Jose Abreu right now. So really, if you're, you're talking about uh, uh, the MVP award, Jose Abreu would be his, his closest competition right now uh, uh, in terms of a, a guy on a winning team. Yeah, Abreu has had a, a big season, you know, after leading the – Leading the American League in RBIs last year, he's, I think he's doing the same thing this year. Mm -hmm. Big hits. Uh, you know, you thought all those young guys on the, the White Sox would steal steal the headlines, but he's uh, the old man is still doing it for uh, for Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So really, if you look at it uh, from the the metrics perspective and the the numbers and the the analytics, uh, Bieber's having as good and as strong a season as any player, uh, you know, hitter, pitcher, fielder, whatever, uh, is out there. So he, he, he will certainly garner some MVP awards. Uh, I know, uh, I, I believe you're voting for the MVP from, uh, from our chapter of the, the BBWAA this year. Yes, I am. Yes. So, I, you know, you, you, you in part determine how this conversation is going to end, I guess, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, it's, and it's always like, you know, you're always kind of, uh, you know, you can't, you know, you know, you walk to Razor's Edge and when you have a guy from the team you cover that's a favorite, you know, are you a homer or do you have to go strictly by performance? And it, it's, uh, you know, I remember uh, when Albert Bell and uh, Mo Vaughn in 1995, I mean, I voted for Albert. Albert got both votes from uh, from the Cleveland writers and he still lost. And, right. uh, you know, and Albert cost himself that just because he was Albert, but uh, right. he definitely should have won it. He was, if you look at his numbers, it was a historic year. He should have won it. He, there was no question, but uh, he finished second. Yeah. And I think as long as Bieber continues on the trajectory he's on and doesn't have a complete collapse over multiple, multiple starts for the remainder of the year, 
uh, I, I think the, the numbers are going to justify anything that you would want to say in terms of voting for him, definitely for Cy Young, but also potentially for, for most valuable player. Uh, as long as he doesn't just completely reverse fortunes here, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Here's a, here's a question for you, Hoinsey. Who's number two on the Indians right now in terms of war? If you, without looking, who do you think is number two uh, on the Indians uh, roster in terms of wins above replacement? Jose Ramirez. He's third. Number two is Zach Plesak with a 1.7 war right now. Think about that. There's a guy that's, that's only made what? Five, six yeah. starts. Yeah. In that Jeez. amount of time, he's accumulated and uh, wars cumulative. In that amount of time, he's accumulated a 1.7 war already this year. Francisco because he goes deep into games, you know. Even when he was struggling against the Twins, he went seven innings, you know. So he's, right. yeah, that's that's uh, that's interesting. And well, and right and now, Joe, right now, <laughs> oh, go on, go on. Right now, uh, Bieber, Plesac, and Carrasco are three of the top four uh, players in terms of WAR on the Indians. Uh, Aaron Savali is behind, is number six behind Francisco Lindor. So. Uh, if you look, if you're looking to put together a playoff rotation for a three-game series, that might that there might be your rotation. Yeah, that's interesting because I was I was looking at this. You know, Beavers got. Uh, I think he'll start against Detroit. He'll start against the White Sox, and then um, you know you got Pittsburgh in for three, and he could start on the last. You know, you could. Just if a little tune-up on the last game of the season, maybe a couple innings, or if you need him to get in. Yeah, or he could, uh, you know, then the postseason starts the 29th. So, you know, he'd definitely be the number one guy there. But, you know, you could – police hack might be lined up for number two, or you could, uh, you know, you could manipulate things and maybe go with Carrasco. Carrasco, police hack, police hack, Carrasco, or, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. If I mean, if they get to three games, you know. Well, you'd rather – you'd probably rather have in a must-win game three – Carrasco waiting there to give you that start as opposed to a guy making his first playoff start. Uh, I, if, if, if it were up to me right now, I'd probably pitch Bieber and then Plesak in the first two games and have Carrasco waiting if you need to win a third. Yeah, because that's the way it's set up right now. You know, uh, Bieber, Plesak, you know, going down, going down the stretch here, it would be Bieber, Plesak, um, uh, McKenzie, Carrasco, then Savali, then the season ender. Which you know maybe Bieber pitches an inning or two and then uh, comes back for, for the the or or you you know throw Plutko in there or somebody you know and, right if you, if that if that's a game that you don't need to worry about then you know you you definitely steer away from from your your main guys uh, as far as the the potential look of the playoffs now we uh, we find that the Indians are going to have to go into isolation again uh, uh, relatively soon here. Uh, the agreement that has been reached by Major League Baseball and the Players Association about the playoff bubble system uh, is going to include uh, players on all contending teams within a week of the start of the playoffs must isolate in a hotel or, uh, or if they get an exemption, if you live by yourself, you can, you can always do that too. But uh, for, for the majority of players and personnel that travel with the team, uh, people are going to go into isolation in a hotel uh, because of the virus and because of Major League Baseball's desire to sort of keep things as 
as close to isolated as possible uh, with the American League playoffs in the division and uh, league championship series round moving to Southern California at Dodger Stadium and Petco Park. And so that would be if the, uh, the season ends the 27th, so they would have to go into isolation on the 20th, right? 23rd. 23rd? 23rd? Uh, oh, by, the, by the 23rd would be when, uh, when teams have to have their, their players in isolation. So uh, I, actually, I think the American League is the 22nd is when the American League players have to be in isolation. So, okay. so really, that's, uh, that was really the last sticking point between the, uh, the Players Association and Major League Baseball in the agreement over playoffs. Uh, so now these, these expanded playoffs are going to start, and uh, it, it should be kind of fun to watch these three-game series. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, you know, it's really, you know, nobody has an edge. Nobody, I mean, except for the seeding, you know, if you, you're the White Sox and you win, what, 35, 40 games? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're in there against, you find you end up against the Indians, a team that, you know, has enough, more than enough pitching to, to beat you. And, right. uh, it's a, that's a tough call. So if you're Chicago, you know, the, 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 uh, the regular season really doesn't get you a buy, you know, the best winning the division or having the best record in, in the, in the league. So it, it's going to be really an interesting, it's, it really gives teams like the Indians that have hit, you know, a six game losing streak at the worst possible time of the season. It gives them a, a second life. Right. And, and, you know, we've seen that, uh, Back in 2017, they were coming off a 22-game winning streak, and you know they, they, the Indians could do no wrong. They were the best team in baseball uh, by far, and it, it was almost like they 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 spent up all of their <laughs> their energy in that 22-game series or 22-game streak, and came back, played the the Yankees, who were a little hot, and and they came back and won. Uh, what, what they won three straight games against them. Yeah, they won the first two and then Are, lost three straight. Exactly. So, you know, you never know when you get to the, the postseason, but uh, maybe the Indians could could be that uh, that sort of team against the White Sox this year if they get in there in that that one eight matchup. All right, Hoinsey. Uh, tonight the Indians are, are at Wrigley Field. Uh, again, got to be uh, got to be weird for Indians fans to watch games against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Uh, it's, it's, it's been four years, but it's still the, the memories are still there. Uh, what do you expect to see out of the Tribe tonight as they open a, uh, a two-game quick set against the Cubs here uh, in, in Chicago? Well, let's, let's hope, you know, they're a little more refocused here. They've had a day off in Chicago. Um, you know, you're facing a tough pitcher, but they've, I think they're, they've, they've had some uh, for, good fortune against Darvish. Mm-hmm. I think they're three and five against them, but Darvish is on his game. You know, uh, uh, Kipnis is, is hitting pretty well. But uh, the, the Cubs before, you know, this, this uh, you know, before uh, they, you know, they, they beat Hayter on Saturday and then had the no-hitter by Alec uh, Mills on Sunday, they were struggling too. So, uh, you know, the Indians got to get back on a roll. I would think, uh, you know, the, this, you know, they've had a chance to catch their, their breath. And uh, I would think that you, we'd see a more focused club here a club that is uh, that knows, you know, that the end is near, you know, you're, right. you're, you're, you, you have a chance to clinch. You, you know, you got to hang on to that last wild card spot. 
the million-dollar question right now, Hoinsey, do the Indians go into Detroit uh, at the end of this week having lost eight in a row or uh, uh, on, a, on a winning streak of their own? I think the, I think they at least split with the Cubs. I don't see. I don't. I think this uh, the streak ends. I think they'll uh, come out of this. But <laughs> that's that's just me. I mean, the Cubs are two and zero against them. They beat them twice in Cleveland, and they did not. And they looked and they did so convincingly. The Indians right. were, were not very good uh, when they faced them when they faced the Cubs at at home. So we'll see. But uh, you know, I, I think I think they they. Uh, they break the losing streak either tonight or, or the losing, yeah, the losing streak either tonight or tomorrow. All right. Well, we'll look forward to uh, your analysis and coverage of the games here on Cleveland.com uh, and tomorrow's Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Talk to you then, Hoisey. All right, Joe.